spoiler alert! This show show explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Ask me again. <laughs> How are you doing in uh, Infinite Jest? Uh, I knew you were gonna ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on like page 62. Oh, good. Because I'm, I'm like, I have the audiobook on my phone, but I'm trying to listen to it as little as possible. Right. Um, I'm trying to actually like actively read it. Um, and sometimes if I get lost a little bit, mm-hmm. I'll find where I am in the audiobook and listen to it for 10 minutes, like with my eyes closed, or just read along and listen to it being read to me. And just like kind of re-situate um, myself in the story. But yeah. it doesn't help that much because I'm on page 62 and I have very little idea about what's happening. Everything you're or, feeling is totally natural. I'm so glad. Like, it's 100% natural. It's so hard to follow. It's until about, like, you got to go a couple hundred pages mm-hmm. and there's going to be new characters introduced that you have no idea. Like, it just comes in at some point in their life and right. you learn about them and hopefully you remember, but maybe you don't. And uh, there's kind of like one through line that runs through the whole thing. And you just start to know it as you read. Well, yeah. I mean, you start to notice like certain formulaic repetition, Mm -hmm. like the year of the adult depend diaper, like that keeps showing up, but it doesn't mean anything to the reader. Like he keeps labeling chapters that, but it doesn't turn up in the text at all. No, that's just... And I won't... This isn't spoiling anything. That's just where you are. That's just where you are in the book. That's a certain year. Right. I liked I liked hearing about Oren. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like his little idiosyncrasies. I thought that was kind of fun. Yep. Um, and there was this... And Oren's Hal's brother. Yeah. And there which, was this whole scene. I think it was between Oren and Hal. Mm-hmm. Where they were, Hal was trying to sleep and Oren wouldn't let him sleep. Is that right? That's Mario. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was good dialogue. Like that was yes. very easy to follow. Yep. <laughs> it was like, I know exactly what's happening here. And the, the words are not too... Uh, grandiose for me to right. keep and, up. And there really is like pretty much like one or two words per page that you kind of think, am I supposed to know exactly what that word means? Because well, I don't I, really. I already came upon the word unfenestrated, which was your original example of words <laughs> that may or may not even be words. Right. Um, you're, you're right. And, and I read somewhere, I won't get these numbers right, but I read somewhere uh, yesterday that the book itself has about a half a million words in it. Oh, wow. And there are 45,000 unique words in it. Really? And that's insane. 45,000 unique words, meaning words that wouldn't come up in everyday conversation? No, no, no. Just 45,000 different words in the half a million words. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Because if you took my book and it's got 62,000 words in it, it's probably only like 18 unique words in the whole book. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure that he also coined a few new words throughout the entire book. Probably. And... If you can come up with a circumstance where there's not an appropriate word for it, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Shakespeare did that. Right. With what word? Uh, oh, my God. Uh, the the words that Shakespeare allegedly invented. Oh, really? Your, like the word beautiful. Oh, really? Like beauty already existed, but oh. beautiful didn't or something. To, there's all kinds of them. Crazy. We shouldn't yeah. be doing that more often. Snoop Dogg shouldn't be the only one who does that. <laughs> he is the new Shakespeare in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. So uh, Shakespeare lying. I don't know if we're going to be discussing Infinite Jest at the top of every podcast for no, the coming I, weeks. But, and we don't need to. We can talk about that off the 
no, no, I, I will have to check in with you, whether it's on the show or not. Sure. I will have to check in with you to make sure I'm getting as much out of it as I possibly can. Yeah. But I did want to bring up um, a song by the Decemberists called Calamity Song, right. which I wanted to ask you if you were aware of. Uh-huh. So, okay. Um, do you remember an episode of Parks and Recreation towards the end of the series where the Decemberists were suddenly in it? I don't know if you ever finished that series, so maybe you I, wouldn't have seen I this I finished it, but I think I watched the last season, and I didn't necessarily watch the season before that. Like, yeah. I was, I jumped in at many different points throughout Parks and Rec. There's, like, a big benefit concert that they throw, and the Decemberists appear in it, and they, oh. like, Mouse Rat opens for the Decemberists. That's where Mouse Rat plays. Right. And, and so, as it turns out, the lead singer, Colin something, mm-hmm. I remembered his name for some reason. Um, he is buddies with Mike Schur, who is the creator and showrunner of Parks and Recreation. Sure. This happened because Mike Schur, in the off-season, volunteered to direct the video for the Decemberist song, Calamity Song. Okay. He had never met the guys in the band before, but he was a huge fan of the band. And he was also a huge fan of Infinite Jest. And when, oh. I say, when I say huge fan, I mean he wrote his Harvard dissertation on it. He has been forbade by his wife from discussing it at social gatherings. No He's way. an infinite just fanatic. And I love Mike Schur. He's been on the Bill Simmons podcast. He's friends with Seth Meyers. Like, I've heard him multiple times on multiple things. And he's a, uh, is he a Patriots fan? Maybe. He's a huge Patriots fan. Yes. Yeah. He, he got like a perfect score on his SATs. He's no a Harvard way. grad. And oh, this is all awesome news. Yeah, so huge fan of the Decemberists, huge fan of Infinite Jest, and he saw some parallels between his favorite novel and Calamity Song, which is kind of a folksy chant about the end of the world. Oh, okay. And he envisioned how the video could be done, calls up the guy from the Decemberists, and say, and he says, sure, yeah, come direct our video. Because he, he was quoted as saying, like, even if, if Martin Scorsese got to do this video, I wouldn't have been cool with that. Like right. nobody could get that that video, that directing job, but me. Um, and so the video for Calamity Song is uh, a visual depiction. I'm not going to get the pronunciation right, but es- Eschaton? Oh, the, the sport. Eschaton is, yeah. is how I pronounced it in my head. The sport that's invented by Foster Wallace around page 300. Whoa. So if you watch the video that for Calamity is- Song... It'll it, probably blow your mind. It's a weird tennis game where they're try, like basically tr- competing for world domination. Right. Take it a step further. Mike Schur owns the movie rights to Infinite Jest. Whoa, what? Yes, he does. Oh. And he owned them already. He said to this guy, listen, I've got an idea for this video and I own the movie rights to Infinite Jest. Man, this blows my mind. Yeah. I want to tweet him and tweet him every day for like 30 days and just ask questions. Could that be done? No. I, I, I definitely think that it's the last thing that David Foster Wallace would want done. Absolutely. Because his whole thing is he hates, well, he finds passive entertainment. And the whole point of the book is passive entertainment is kind of like. The, right, but would it be passive enemy? entertainment? There's lots of important films and he was a fan of films. I just don't, like it's one Trust me, man. Like, I would want it to be made into a movie or a TV show if it could be. Yeah. And I just don't think it could be or Mm -hmm. ever will be. Like, I don't think I'll see it in my lifetime. That was a big problem I had with The Hunger Games when I read The Hunger Games. Yeah. Like, I I read it just before the movie was going to come out. And I really enjoyed reading the first book. And then I kind of lost interest. But the first book was really good. The thing that was... uh, 
a bit of a struggle for me in the adaptation is that so much of the book takes place in Katniss's head. It's right. just like 300 pages of her thinking. Yeah. And so it's very hard to put that on screen. As it turns out, they did an okay job. I wasn't yeah. crazy about the movie, but um, they they were able to pull something from it that I wouldn't have been able to. Right. This book, not unlike that, is all inner and, dialogue. And, and there's no way of making it tidy. Right. Like, there's so much that's... I think supposed to be left a little bit to the imagination. Sure. And I, I don't know how you would do that in movie form or even like Netflix form. Although yeah. net, like Netflix form, I think would be the best way of doing it. Like it would have to be, I doing guess. Doing it over like 15 to 35 episodes. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't have a good gauge yet for the pace oh, of the man, story. I can't but... wait till you're like done. I know you're only on page uh, 60 right now, yeah. but... Are you trying to do 20 pages a day? I don't know. I don't really have a formula yet. I think it helps. Overall, if you can do 20 pages a day, you will feel so good about yourself because you were disciplined enough to read 20 pages. Right. And 20 pages is a lot of that book, though. It is. But, and I didn't do it every single day. No. I did it within four months. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, also, if you can read it faster, you'll remember more things from the start. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's true. So that's that, point. that in itself is like a, a huge bone. Like the faster you can read it, I would say the better. My cat's going crazy. Yeah. I it's thought it was going to been a little while since we had a podcast where she interrupted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it, the clock will tick and I'll, I'll, I'll. Just crazy, and I'm gonna watch the video for Calamity Song. That's, you have to, and it's a great so, song too. It's the other cool. thing is like a lot of December songs. Like it's it's just like a fun alt folk song, right? Um, and it's not like directly Infinite Jesty, from what I understand. Okay, uh, the writer of the song had in fact read the book, but there were only indirect parallels. Gotcha. Um, still, definitely check that one. We'll watch it after the podcast. I, I know that they had another song, I think, which was like a Model UN. Okay. Um, and like, I think it might be similar or maybe that's the one that, like, I remember my sister showing me a Decemberist video, mm-hmm. like back in the day though, like a while ago. Yeah. I only really ever listened to them when I was in like grade 10. Yeah. That was my band in grade I'll 10. To, I'll have to watch it and see if it was the same song. Yeah. Yeah. The other podcast I've started listening to, um, I think his name is Jesse David Fox. Jesse something Fox. He's a writer for Variety that I've followed on Twitter for a long time just because I saw that he tweeted something funny like eight years ago and have followed him ever since. Um, He started a podcast uh, and it's a great podcast. It's called uh, The Good One Podcast. Okay. And it just explores the nature of joke telling. And so there's a great title for it, by the way, The Good One Podcast. Uh, So far he's had, he's had three episodes. First episode, Jim Gaffigan. Okay. Second episode, Neil Brennan. Nice. Third episode, Kristen Shaw. And it's really good. Wow. Like little 45-minute episodes. I think you'd like it a lot. That's great. I definitely would like that. Yeah, I'll yeah. listen to it. Um, Jim Gaffigan coming to Halifax. Will, will you go to that? I want to go to that. Yeah. Um, I, I want to go to that quite badly, although it's like right around when I'm going to Florida and perhaps right. moving. So it'll be an expensive yeah, month. Yeah, May 12th. Yeah. The other thing is like tickets are just so expensive for anything. You know what? I think lower bowl are like, they're like 60 bucks. Yeah, that's not too bad. I mean, considering there's been other shows where they're like 100 to 130 bucks for lower bowl. Yeah, probably for Kevin Hart, it would have been way more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He sold out like three nights. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People would go to 
to Jim Gaffigan. Like, I know my mom would go to see Jim Gaffigan if she wasn't in Florida on that day. Right. Staff wise, it's the most asks that I've had. Oh, I was going to ask a you show too. for a while. Like, hey, yeah. you got any uh, Jim Gaffigan tickets? <laughs> people just like bring it up casually on the day it was announced. Yeah, like <laughs> ten people around the office. I like, was going to ask you were... too, to be fair. Sure. No, yeah. I, I mean I don't blame you if there's a chance to get free tickets, and sometimes there are a ton of free tickets. This time I think we're only going to have like six staff tickets altogether. Yeah, right. So three pair. But yeah, it'd be a good one. He's very good. Yeah, I'm gonna like you know. If there's any raffle or anything, I'll put my name in for sure. Yeah, but. of course. Mm-hmm. So one thing we have to address pop culture-wise is uh, the big story of the week. The Oscars. The big Academy Award debacle. The big O's. Were you awake? No, I went to bed. I went to bed even before the In Memoriam sec- session. And I got to tell you, I feel a little bit guilty. Okay. I tried to make um, a slight amount of money. Off of the in memoriam, <laughs> the Oscars. They have a pro line Oscar. It yeah, it's like an online uh, uh, prop bet account. Okay, that you can bet on the Oscars. And so, what was your angle? My angle was: Do you know who who was the last person in in memoriam? Was it Carrie Fisher or? Uh, it was Carrie Fisher. It was Carrie Fisher. God yeah. damn it! Okay, so I bet against that. Okay, she was the favorite going into it. Yeah. And I bet that it would be other out of the list of like 30 people they had just because Bill Paxton had died that day. Yeah. And I thought that they'd incorporate him possibly at the end saying something from Twister like, everybody, hang on, it's going to be a wild ride or something. And that would just be how it ended. Yeah. Because the website hadn't updated yet and included Bill Paxton or anything. So I thought the other bet. It was probably just too much work to squeeze in another face on that. Uh, so did they, was Bill Paxton not? He was not there? on there. Oh, I mean, really? he died like eight hours before the show. I know. I really thought they were going to change it though. I know. Well, you know what was weird is that the, uh, I was watching it on television mm-hmm. and they kept airing Rolex commercials and he was in one. Like he was in almost every commercial block during the Oscars and that just happened to be. Because of that Rolex commercial? Yeah. What movie was he in with the Rolex? It was a. It, all the commercials were specifically created for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So the Rolex commercial had a bunch of. Um, I, yeah, all the famous scenes with people. Yeah, with and Rolexes. I, in I them. think it was from Titanic. Oh I yeah, it was. From it was. Yeah. yeah. I re- and I watched the commercial and it was effective for me. I was like, man, I want a Rolex. These are badass watches. Yeah, were you affected by the Bill Paxton thing? Because I'm not like really connected to him. No, I mean he was in. Alien, which is a movie that I love. Yeah, he must have been buddies with James Cameron. Yeah, definitely. And I think he was in Terminator. Yeah, um, in Titanic. Yeah, in Titanic. So yeah, he had a, a, a great resume. I, I don't even know if I saw Twister, but but yeah, anything that he was in that I saw, I, I thought he was a Twister was like actor. his leading man op, right? Like yes, that was when he was the star. That was when he was the star. I forget who tweeted somebody. Somebody tweeted something really kind, like Tom Hanks or somebody like a really big deal. There was a few people that were like, he was the nicest yeah, person that's in the what, world. That was the consensus was that was yeah. the kindest person in Hollywood. That's so sad. That's crazy. He was just on WTF like two weeks ago. Right. He had a new show. And how training was day. Right. Training day. Yeah. How was that episode? Of WTF? Yeah. I didn't listen because uh, I, I thought I don't you know like this Bill guy. Paxson, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I thought the Oscars were... We're fine. I thought they had a boring middle. I thought mm-hmm. the opening was great. Yeah. But isn't it interesting how like all the big pop cultural events lately have twist endings? The US election, the Super Bowl, the Oscars. Yep. Like the, really like talk about even the NBA finals, you yeah. know? The the Cavs came back three one. Your mm-hmm. Cavs. My Cavs. And uh Cle- uh same with 
Chicago Cubs. Like every, every everything this year has been crazy. That was one of the strangest things I've ever seen on live TV. It was very weird. I woke up the next day and just looked to see what was the winner of Best Picture, as yep. I usually do the day after the Oscars, because it's on so late here. It is, um, yeah. So I looked at my phone, and it said, La La Land, and then it kind of had a dash. I mean, Moonlight wins Best Picture. <laughs> and, and I started thinking, like, what is going on here? So I looked into all the videos, and that... I don't understand how that happens. And I know a lot of people I'm almost being redundant by just repeating what other people have said. Right. But how does something so hyper-organized get messed up there like was that one by guy. one of the biggest accounting firms? Yeah. And apparently he was tweeting pictures all night. I know. Yeah. He's and, kind of taken the brunt of and it. And he was told to like not take any pictures so or tweet. The or, envelope that Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway had was a duplicate of the best actress envelope. Right. They have two of every envelope for whatever reason. Yes. And so he opened it. And apparently there's a story going around that uh, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway had been arguing all day about who was going to get to say the name. Oh, wow. And so he won the coin toss or something. Yeah. But when he hands it to her in her head, she's going, oh, this is nice. Warren's letting me have it. Right. And she just read it. But what's weird is I saw the, the, the card... And it's very easy to see why, because Warren Beatty, you can tell right away he knows something's wrong. Yes. Because when you look at the card, the boldest and biggest words say Emma Stone. Emma so Stone. why didn't Faye Dunaway question that? Right. I think it was one of those things where in the heat of the moment, she was just like, oh, you know, he's showing it to me. He hasn't brought up anything strange about this, so I'm just going to read it off. Even if you were the fastest thinker, yeah. what do you say? Do you say... You say to the mic, listen, I'm pretty sure we got the wrong envelope. Then the crowd kind of laughs. That's interesting because that's what Bill Simmons brought up. If you had Leo out there, yeah, what does Leo do? Yeah, and because Leo's so smooth? Is that what you mean? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. He's so smooth and kind of bold. And right. maybe he just pulls it out and says, uh, yeah, we have the wrong envelope here. Yeah. People would Let's laugh. Do- yeah. And just say, like, I-, I think you just have to say, like, I'm not going to read this because it's a person's name, not a movie's name. Right. And then like, people are just going to be like, and, and oh, they'd wow. appreciate that. And somebody backstage would immediately know what happened yep. and it would be resolved and you'd be a hero. And a lot of people have pointed out that that Jordan dude, the producer of La La Land, yeah. was such a G for just looking at the envelope and saying, guys, this actually went to Moonlight. He was such like, a G. He, he was like, he was like really like advocating that this not go on any longer. Right. Like he was like, he's like, let's end it. Let's rip the bandaid off quick. He tears the envelope out of somebody's hand. He's like, look. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. at first when he says Moonlight, there's been a mistake. You guys won best picture. You in the moment you could interpret it. Interpret like it's that a compliment. As, yeah. Like you guys deserved this. Exactly. Like Adele said with lemonade. Right. right. Did uh, she do that? I was gone uh, for the Grammys. It was so annoying. It okay. was like, I, and I have to be careful because I'm going to get labeled a racist if I defend Adele in this moment. But everybody said that Adele winning that best album Grammy was was the Grammys being racist. Oh, and I just struggle with that because they were both enormous albums and they're both extraordinary talents and they're both great women. Yeah. And there's a very famous photo of Beyonce five or six years ago at the Grammys struggling to hold seven or eight Grammys. So I don't know if they were that against her. Yeah. Um, It's not like just some nobody came out of nowhere and won best album over Beyonce. To deny a pregnant Beyonce Grammy for album of the year, like that in its own is is kind of a bull. I thought Beyonce's performance at the Grammys was completely self-indulgent. And... I didn't see it yet. I don't understand... 
I think it's counterintuitive to deify somebody and mm -hmm. then make her a symbol for self-empowerment. Do you understand what I mean? Like she's got this like godlike persona now, right. but everyone's like, she's the perfect example of a strong woman. She gets No, she's it. not. She's <laughs> yeah. not a woman anymore. Right. She's a goddess. Yeah. It's not the same thing. You're right. Look at the picture she posted, like her pregnancy photo. Exactly. That's not a regular photo. No. And Adele, I mean, she's just always gracious and cool, but she got up there and she was emotional and she said, basically said, like, I can't believe I, I beat Beyonce. I think this is wrong. I, I love Beyonce. Yeah. So she was like maybe too humble. And I'm sure Beyonce was probably, she didn't lash out at the No, Grammys, she was she? very sweet and smiling at Adele and yeah. she probably didn't think it was racist for a heartbeat. Unlike Denzel uh, with Casey Affleck. Did you see that? Denzel, Brie Larson. Oh, I missed that. She presented the award and she didn't even clap on really? stage. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was waiting for it because I, I just, I don't know why, but I got the sense. Brie Larson, like from Community, from, from Room. Oh, from Room. Right, right, right. Interestingly, right. Brie Larson was in one episode of Community. But yeah. I don't know who you're thinking of. Brie something. Alison Brie. Alison Brie. That's who I was thinking. Yeah, no, because she won Best Actress last year, so she she presents Best Actor this year. Yeah. Um, Is that the way it works every year? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. And Best Supporting Actress presents Best Supporting Actor, and vice versa. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it I is never cool. knew. Yeah, but she didn't clap. She just stood there, and like he leaned in and like gave her a cheek kiss, and she didn't like push him or anything. Right. But but it it seems like folks are not pleased about that. Right. I kind of thought it was just. Denzel, like, you know, I don't think he was trying to make a political statement. I think he was yeah. just pissed about not winning. Mm. You think, eh? Yeah. Because it, it couldn't have been surprising that Casey Affleck won. No, but well. I'm sure Denzel was great, but, but there Casey were, was the front runner. There, there were things that, like, I think he won, like, an indie award. Like, he won a couple awards that made it seem like he might take home the, I think yeah. he won the SAG. Okay. Which kind of made it seem like he could very well win Best Actor. Right. They were definitely the two favorites. Casey Affleck was definitely the overall favorite. Definitely. But but yeah, he just kind of sat there stewing. And and Bill Simmons brought up that there's this 94 interview after or before um, Philadelphia? Denzel won uh, Best did, Actor. Did he win for Philadelphia? I don't know if he won for Philadelphia or Tom Mal Hanks won. But... I think he won for Malcolm X. Oh, okay. And uh, he's just kind of cocky about it. He's like, you know, I think Clint Eastwood's really good, but come on. I yeah. mean, you know, come on. He didn't do what I did in this movie. So, I don't really think of Denzel that way. That's funny. No? No. I guess I don't really have a good image of what he's like personally, though. Yeah. I, I kind of think he is that way. Yeah, maybe. That's my thought. Well, anyway, lots of people not pleased about Casey Affleck. He's now mm. commented on the displeasure. Really? Well, he just said, he said up front, Nobody involved in that case is is legally allowed to discuss it. And so he's kind of, his hands are kind of tied there. Right. Like, I'm not defending him, but like, what if everybody really is wrong? He can't legally defend himself. He right. can't say, no, you don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's also protecting him. Right. You know? And I mean, you are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And they settled it out of court. Oh, they said, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, usually that means so you're never gonna. Usually know. that means he paid somebody to go away right. because he knew he was wrong. I'm right. not saying that's what happened, but mm -hmm. there's a good chance. Mm -hmm. Anyway, those are the Oscars for another year. I thought they were fine. I thought I felt like I had something else to say. Oh, did you see Moonlight? Uh, I didn't see Moonlight. I intend to now that it won Best Picture. Yeah. But Becky and I back to back watched Hidden Figures and Lion last weekend. Oh yeah. Um, we loved both of them. Mm -hmm. uh, Hidden Figures was just like really joyful. See, to watch. We, tr we tried to watch uh, Lion the other day. Yeah, but 
we watched it like on the video box and there were no subtitles for the oh. Indian parts. That's the first 55 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. so I didn't know that. So I texted our boss, Dan, because yep. he was talk- talking about it. And I said, are there supposed to be subtitles at the beginning after about five minutes? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you're going to want subtitles for the first hour. Almost the, movie, the hour. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Deb Patel doesn't even show up until almost an hour in. That is a long movie. You got to see it though. Cause it's, I hear it's really very good. I mean, maybe maybe it's just my millennial impatience, but the first hour was kind of starting to drag towards the end of it. It was gotcha. compelling at first, right? But then it was just like, oh, this is terrible. Like, when are we gonna <laughs> get to Deb Patel, who I like? I, at least I recognize. Sure. And then he gave a, a a more emotional performance than I expected of him. Yeah, he really goes crazy. In I never it. saw Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, dude, you gotta see Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Slum-D. Slum D's a good film. Becky's never seen it either. Really? Danny Boyle. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, there's a bunch of... There's... Do you know what it's about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a good idea of it, I think. Yeah. Um, He's a contestant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Yep. And he he gets based, every question right. He gets every question and right based on his that. history yeah. because he kind of remembers things from his life that help him to the answers. And then... I think it won Best Picture. It did. That's kind of weird. I'm almost positive it did. Yeah, I think it did. So that's one that I missed. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, they were very, they were very pleasant watches. Yeah. Okay. Nothing, nothing can get me down after Manchester by the Sea. No. Honestly, no. Wow. I gotta see this now just yeah, because everyone's saying how depressing it is. You do. Um. Any Howard other big Stern moments? made a really good point. Just to just to sure. not to not to belabor this too much, but yeah, Howard Stern made a really good point about the gaff. He said, "Thank God it wasn't the other way around." Can you imagine the outrage? Oh, wow. Hot take. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been really, like, that would have been saying something on a different level. It would have. And it just would have been sad. Yeah. Because, like, the, under, Land, the underdog, to have it taken away from right. him. This is a story of the underdog winning. Yeah. And it's kind of unfortunate. Someone pointed out that, you know, this, is, this was an important movie. And the first paragraph about it winning wasn't like, it's a story of a black gay man coming, like right. a coming of age story <laughs> right it's which i'm assuming it kind of is a coming of age story but definitely yeah, yeah. Um, three different actors play him right yeah um but instead it's it starts out with the wrong oscar was given away and la la land didn't end up winning it's so, so moonlight wins yeah yeah but one tweet i saw in the morning after was that a movie about a black gay man starring Muslim actors mm-hmm. just won Best Picture in Trump's America. Right. And that's kind of cool. Definitely. Emma Stone was being... I watched her uh, her little press junket interview afterward, and this mm-hmm. is the one where she defended holding the card the whole time. Right. I heard about it. I didn't see that either. Yeah, it was kind of silly. But um, one person, one uh, interviewer journalist asked her if she was disappointed by what happened in the end. Mm-hmm. I can see how anybody who worked on that movie would be but she's like holding her best actress Oscar. And oh, she, she's and she, fine. She's like, no. Maybe Ryan Gosling. Is... Ryan Gosling wasn't going to get a trophy for his house anyway. No. Right? I mean, he was never going to win best actor. Right. It was great that he was nominated, but he, there was never a shot in hell of him beating Casey and Denzel. Right. Um, Emma might have gotten one and she did. Mm-hmm. Damien might have gotten one and he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, is it Justin Hurwitz? Whoever wrote the music might have gotten one and he did. So right. everybody who stood to get an Oscar still got one. It's not a sad story for La La Land. Right. And Damien Chazelle's next movie is supposed to be a Neil Armstrong movie? Starring Ryan Gosling. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Is that the one that Miles Teller, you said, turned down? No, that's La La Land. Oh, Miles Teller turned down. Yeah, another obnoxious question in Emma Stone's junket was, do you feel like you owe Emma Watson a thank you now that she turned down this part? And (laughs) Emma Stone again was like, Emma Watson's fine. Right. (laughs) Basically saying like, first of all, no, because I did the work. Right. And also, she's Belle. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's going to be all right. Right. She's been in one of the most successful franchises in the past 20 years. That too. History. That too. Yeah. Speaking uh, of, of British series, mm-hmm. shall we jump into this podcast? Let's do it. At 28 minutes. Okay. It's my turn to pick, and I wouldn't have thought this this morning, but I think I'm going to try and recap Doctor Who. Okay, great. So we said several weeks before, um, it was before you went to Bahamas, actually, we might try and do a podcast about Doctor Who. We should say up front, this is one of those series we can't do justice to the legacy. No. And there's so much lore, and there's so, like Star Trek. And yeah, and it was like, the first time for both of us watching the show. I knew nothing, really. I knew nothing. So we're going to say stuff that's wrong. We're going to ask questions that seem silly. I'm going to try and recap. First, before you started, I just want to ask you... Um, we agreed to do the pilot episode of the reboot of Doctor Who, right. which was in, excuse me, it was in 2005. It had been off the air for, what, 16 years at that point? Yes. Um, but I, it wasn't, it didn't star Matt Smith. Well, yeah, and that was the thing. There were still, it seemed like there were, like, maybe it started in 2000? It was 2005. That the entire reboot started? Yeah, I was just the wrong Matt Smith about who started. the Doctor was when they rebooted. Oh, okay. So Matt Smith started in like 2008 or something. Okay, or gotcha. 2007 or something. Right, and he went 2008 to like 2012? Right, this guy was Christopher Eccleston. Uh, a- 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 I'm sure I didn't pronounce that correctly. Right, he looked, he looked familiar. He did. He was like older than Matt Smith. Though. Yeah. Um, but he only did one one season i think so it must have been right. Matt smith shortly thereafter anyway it sounds like we probably watched the same first episode yeah so i'm gonna give yeah, this we a did. go okay i'm putting you on the clock you ready yeah okay so it starts with this woman named rose and she's just living her ordinary life and she uh runs into this man who seems to save her from certain danger and he just introduces himself as the doctor she finds this very suspicious so she goes online googles the doctor and she finds this man who's been researching this mysterious figure who appears to be some kind of time lord who's existed for years and years uh while she's visiting with this guy her boyfriend gets kidnapped and the doctor rescues her once again and they battle some kind of alien creature and the mannequins come alive that's 30 seconds uh can i tell you the funniest thing about that (laughs) Is that not the same episode? That's not the same episode that I watched. (laughs) (laughs) I watched the the first... You didn't watch with Matt Smith? No. Oh, okay. See, I watched with Matt Smith. I went back and forth. So on Reddit, I saw that you should either watch Rose or The 11th Hour. Oh, so we watched those two episodes. So this is really good. Yeah. I think there's... Between the two episodes that we saw, we'll be able to explain a little bit And to be bit fair, more. I was misleading when I said we should start with Matt Smith. So Okay. So maybe you were you were in the right. Well, can you tell me a little bit what, what happened in your episode then? You don't have sure. to be on the clock. So the, the episode that I saw um, shows the doctor flying through the TARDIS. Yep. Or like flying through the air, kind of like hanging from the TARDIS, trying to climb in. Eventually gets in. There's like flames and stuff flying from the TARDIS. Meanwhile, there's a little girl praying at her bed. Um, that she hears voices from a crack in the wall and it really scares her. And if you could, dear God, if you could send like 
the police or something or and then you just hear a crash outside and the TARDIS crashed in the uh in the garden in her neighborhood <laughs> and it's yeah. just so she sees this police box after praying for the police and she goes out and of course it's the doctor matt smith right who he was a lot of fun to watch because he was kind of so young and like energetic and i think that was part of the impetus for casting him it right. had been a long time if ever since they had such a youthful doctor yeah um and so he kind of exp- first of all there's kind of a funny scene where he's going through the kitchen trying to figure out what he likes to eat yeah. I don't know if that was a, a, a thing in your No, but, but there, there was, I sort of can picture what you're saying. And yeah, there like was he's a like, sort of British Douglas Adams quality right. to the doctor. He's like, can I try an, an apple? And then he like, he hates it. And then he's trying like different foods and he keeps throwing them out. And he's like, I know what I need. And it's fish sticks and custard. And he's okay. like, that's the craving that I had. Well, that's weird. And yeah. Because my, so, my doctor said something about um, in Rose, he had a really great piece of dialogue, which I can't really even um, do justice, but some, something about how the problem with humans is that all we do is get up and we eat chips and we go back to bed. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. a war is going on within. Right. It's like a beautiful piece of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but he a couple of times alluded back to that thing he had previously said about how all humans do is eat food. Like food is silly. Oh, gotcha. So it's huh. interesting that you you're having this, yeah, and, observation. And he, so he ends up going to check the crack in the wall, mm-hmm. and you know there's kind of some funny lines of dialogue. He he uses his little like wand thing to that has a light on it. He calls it a screwdriver. Okay. Um, and he's shining the light on the crack in the wall, and then he listens to the crack in the wall, and it says like Prisoner Seven has escaped very okay. like sci-fi and the, he's yeah. like prisoner seven has escaped and so he realizes that it's kind of a door to like another universe mm-hmm. and shines the light on it and just sees a massive eyeball that says bring us prisoner seven or we will like explode your world basically okay um and they don't really know who prisoner seven is and he jumps in the jumps in the tardis leaves comes back and there's this other girl he jumps in the tardis to try to like come up with some solution comes back and there's this other girl and it's actually the same girl 12 years later and so this issue has still been going on it takes a while for them to figure out that it's the same girl she knows all along she's been talking to her family about this raggedy doctor that's wearing she just had this vision when she was a little girl yeah she hasn't shut up about it for 12 years yeah they kind of thought she was like a little crazy but sure you know they didn't put it in a home or anything they just she just had an imaginary friend called the doctor exactly and yeah. she like drew pictures of him and all that that's kind of weird yeah yeah so because uh, she was only like six right so then he comes back to try to to try to like defeat what's in the wall they realize that there's kind of this alien posing as human mm-hmm. and that's prisoner seven and oh. it can like change bodies and and it was a really epic like movie basically that's cool yeah where they have to defeat the aliens well they have to defeat that yeah the alien on the ground and right to, it was and anyways you had compared its budget to uh sherlock earlier today or not not its budget but its overall feel like right. the f- i mean a bbc show exactly yeah like you feel like you didn't just watch a show you watched an entire film Right. You know, it's only an hour. This one was only an hour, not an hour and a half. 
Well, I guess it takes but. them three weeks to shoot an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, and so there is, I mean, it takes a lot longer than three weeks to shoot um, a movie, but right. But there is something more cinematic of taking your time to yeah. put something together. Did it make you want to watch more? Because I, I actually did want to watch more. Uh, I can see why people would want to watch more. Mm-hmm. I'll put it like that. Like I, I was like, oh, this is kind of compelling. Like I like that Rose went off with him in the end, although it was kind of too easy a sell right basically after they like fought off the the demons together he was like hey you want to come with me and her boyfriend is like don't go with him he's an alien and she's like well and he says by the way this thing's also a time machine and she's like all right sold and she goes right so similar ending (laughs) all right he comes back again which tends which ends up being like six months later and he's like you should come with me and she has a boyfriend who's introduced in the episode and she's kind of like you know, I've got a job. I've got other things. He's like, you should never become an adult. You know, that ruins you or whatever. That's cool. And uh, yeah, he's he's very Peter Pan-like. Yes, that's it. definitely true. Okay. I, and that's why I referred to Douglas Adams before. It's like there is an otherworldly uh, youthful bounce to these right. guys. And so, and did Douglas Adams have anything to do with Doctor Who? No, but it felt like he did. Yeah, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So then she goes in the, the TARDIS and... She's like, you said there was like a swimming pool and a library in here. And he's like, well, there wasn't that one, but there's not in this one right now. So, <laughs> uh, so then he's like, you should come with me. We'll go wherever we want. We could check out other dimensions and yada, yada. And, uh, she's a little hesitant and then decides, okay, sure. And then it shows in her room, you know, all the pictures she drew and the little dolls she had of the raggedy, uh, doctor. So that's kind of weird. And then it shows a wedding dress hanging out. Like, Ooh, boom, she's she getting just, married. Yeah. Okay. But she kind of bailed with the doctor for the time being. So there's only been 10 or 12 years worth of shows. Mm-hmm. I, I think the seasons are short. So you could conceivably take this on and become a, like a Doctor Who super fan. Yeah. Maybe I will. Could be fun. What What else has Peter Capaldi done? Because he's the current doctor. I don't super know. And it's a shame I don't know because I do know he's an Academy Award winner. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the first doctor to have won an Academy Award. Interesting. It was a little bit controversial when he was cast, and I remember it was just a couple years ago, and he's already talking about stepping down. Yes, Um, he's like declared that he's stepping down. Uh, But it was just a couple years ago they put him in, and it was a little bit controversial, and I'm not a fan of the show, so it's not really for me to say, but I kind of thought it was stupid that it was controversial. I'll Mm -hmm. explain why. He had been in the show before as another character. Yeah. And people took issue with that. Like, what? why is this body a duplicate of another body? And like, yeah. And for the same reason, I kind of think the concept of regeneration mm-hmm. and assuming new bodies to kind of cope with the fact that they have actors retiring from their show in order to keep the series running. I think it's kind of cheap. Oh, do and, you? I think I, it's a little smoother I than Bond. I think it's... I don't. I think <laughs> it's think pandering. It's and I think it kind of undermines the very nature of actors as chameleons. Because, like, there's this fan theory that 007 is not one guy. It's just a code name for... A, or James Bond is just a code name for a bunch of different guys, and that's why they all look different. Right. No. It's it's one guy, and there are different actors playing him. You can't expect diff- all the they can't expect them only to cast people who happen to look identical. Like for the same reason that some people are saying Alden Ehrenreich doesn't look enough like young Han Solo, he's a good actor. That yeah. matters way more. Yeah, and 
that you can embody the characteristics and the essence of James Bond or Doctor Who, Doctor, um, is way more important than if you have the same facial bone structure. Because every actor who plays Hamlet does not look the same either. That's right. That's my kind of over-the-top impassioned defense. Yeah, I, I believe that. I, I just find that they probably made Doctor Who after... It would have been after 007, right? 63? 63 was when yeah. Doctor Who started? Right around the same time. I mean, yeah. Bond might have been a series of novels in the 50s. Yeah, it was. But I wonder... Yeah, I don't know. I guess they just decided, yeah, whatever. He's just, he can change bodies. I mean, that's I think, something that runs throughout the whole show. So I think that's kind of beloved with. I think Doctor it is now, and I think that's fine. Yeah. And probably at the time, they weren't thinking about it so and, much as me. And he even, like, in that episode that I saw, he made jokes about how he was still kind of cooking. Yeah. He didn't quite recognize, like, he fell down and kind of, like, spasmed at points. It was right. like, oh, I can't do it right now. Like, I'm still and not ready. There is also a. A concern when a main actor leaves the show, can this thing go on without it? Yeah. And I think now we're, we're if anything, at the high point of that. Yeah. You know, with Bond, too, where, oh, which actor can we find? And and it becomes more interesting for us because look what Dan, Daniel Craig did to, the, to, did to that series and what Matt Smith and, assumingly, Peter Capaldi did to Doctor Who. Absolutely. Because I think people still really like the latest seasons of Doctor Who. I think so too. I think that it, there are certain people who think that the newer series is better. Is like way better. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe that for sure. Yeah. Much like, I mean, it's pretty easy to understand why people think the new 007 is better than some of the earlier 007. Right. There are certain James Bond movies that are brutal yeah. campy. Even like GoldenEye is yes, considered Golden one Eye. of the better ones, but it's so campy. I know. Like, like shitty CGI. Like Thunderball and... is kind of an exception. Like that's a way back Sean Connery movie that's right. actually really kick-ass. Yeah. But there are so many other movies. Like I'm mean, pretty much every Roger Moore movie is yeah. kind of brutal. Yeah. Like Doctor, has Doctor No the first one? I think so. And uh, I watched that and I wasn't completely impressed with it, right. but I kind of just gave it the benefit of the doubt. Like it was a different time. So, right, and we've come to expect so much from these movies, mm-hmm. and everybody's opinion is the ultimate opinion. Yep, and I think it's fine that Daniel Craig's going to do another one. You know, two more seems like a lot. He's he's pretty, doing another one. He's doing another one. Oh, he said he would rather like beat his own head in before I, I doing know. another. It's not confirmed that he's doing another one, oh. but he took those comments back as soon as they said we'll pay 160 million dollars for two more movies. Whoa! Um, and he also. He also went on podcasts and said that was taken out of context. Context, oh, okay. it might have been. Right. You know, I don't think he he felt that passionately about something that was probably a pretty great experience. Yeah. But it is a tough job for a guy who's pushing fifty. What's going on with like the girl with the dragon tattoo? And is that not going to become oh, a series? I don't think so. That was a long time ago now. Yeah, I know. I, I like think... that movie. Really? I thought it was great. I don't, know, I don't know why they didn't do more. This is the age of sequels yeah. and seeing things through. And I think it was number one at the box office. Like, If that's the case, I really don't understand. Not sure what happened. Rooney Mara got busy doing other things, I guess. Yeah, that's That was true. her, right? She was in that, yes. Yeah. Was she not the Oh, no, no. It wasn't Rooney tattoo? Mara. It was Rooney, uh, Rooney Mara's sister? No. Kate Mara? Like from Fantastic Four and House of Cards? No. Okay. Yeah. It was Rooney Mara. Yeah. I thought Rooney Mara was... House of Cards girl. No, Rudy Mara is like um, Carol and... Yes, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Gotcha. That's the one. You know how there is a... We've had the discussion before about how there are certain groups of people who would like to see James Bond be assumed by an actress. Yeah. I've made my comments about that. Mm -hmm. Um, The same thing has been said for Doctor Who. Interesting. Um, And it might be a little bit more widely accepted because of the notion. Because of the body changing. The body changing. Yeah. People might be kind of insulted that it hasn't been yet. Right. The Doctor's not a human to begin with. So why impose gender on... Next season is just Kate Winslet. Well, I've got a list oh. of actors oh. who have been um, considered, uh, either considered, offered, or expressed interest. Can I make a guess on one? Sure. Hugh Laurie? No, another Hugh. Oh, uh, no idea. Uh, oh, Hugh. Very famous British Hugh. All Hughes are British. I don't know. Hugh Grant was offered Hugh Grant. the job. Wow. He turned it down because he didn't think it would be a hit. This was before it was brought back. He thought the reboot would be a... Oh. a and in 2007, he expressed grave uh, regret. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, actors who've been considered, Bill Nye. Is that how you pronounce that last name? I've never really known. Yeah, I think so. Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah. Russell Crowe. Okay. Wow. James McAvoy. Eddie James Redmayne McAvoy would be good. Really? And Eddie Redmayne. And Daniel Radcliffe. Whoa, man. They're getting real like A-list they're getting, now. They're getting Hollywood there. Like, yeah. Capaldi, arguably not so A-list. No, even as an Academy Award winner, I think he might have been a bit of a theater actor. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't know that for sure. I think 100%. I think he was mainly a theater actor. But like John Hurt, that's like a famous actor. He only did that for one year? Maybe. I, I, I was just looking on Wikipedia to see some of the different... He just died last month. Yeah. Yep. People were uh, uh, pretty crushed about it. Yeah. Um, butthurt, if you will. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good ex- a good example of that expression. Yeah, probably not. Um, he, he was the Elephant Man. Was he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I believe so in the movie. John Hurt. Yeah. Okay. Bradley Cooper played the Elephant Man. On Broadway. On Broadway. And they didn't use any prosthetics. Oh, so he's kind of just, he just, he just, you're supposed to assume. He just screwed up his face. And he's like the handsomest guy in the world. He just screwed up his own he face? He did, yeah. You can look at pictures of it. It's kind of ridiculous. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, what other notes do I have? I mostly, in my notes, I mostly just uh, tear up the regeneration. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't like it. Um, it was pretty quick and... In, in well, that's the thing. It's the episode. first episode I watched was the first episode in 16 years. Right. So they didn't really dwell on that. He was just suddenly this guy. Right. And in fact, he had been this guy in many different centuries. Like I explained that Rose found this guy online who yes. was like an, uh, kind of like a conspiracy theorist. Like right. he had one of those one of those cellars where there's pictures all over a cork board and he's okay. like trying to figure out the mystery of this guy. And so he had found old photographs from the Kennedy assassination where this actor christopher eskleton is in the crowd and he's there in like an old oil painting that someone did in like the 1800s okay and so this doctor has really traveled around and he's been that doctor for maybe 16 earth years right right so they didn't really dwell too much on on the regeneration thing but it's always kind of peeved me as a guy who doesn't know much about the show (laughs) well miss Maybe watch the Matt Smith episode and see what you think. Maybe I should. I mean, if you if you get any time. It, it's an enjoyable watch. Uh, it's the longest running sci-fi series made for television. I believe that. Clearly. <laughs> and uh, I think those are like the main points. But if you happen to be a huge Doctor Who fan, we would uh, 
strongly welcome your uh, your advice or your thoughts at sure. Show Show Podcast on Twitter. Definitely. Um, because we, like I said, we, we can't do justice the legacy. No. It's, it's such a big deal. And I understand people feel very strongly about no, it. No, I mean, we can only talk about it for like 20 minutes. Right. That's about as deep as it gets. So, d- wait, you said the mannequins came alive. Yeah, it was very confusing. Yeah. All the mannequins came alive. <laughs> And like, so, like Rose has this roommate. How did they defeat the mannequins? She seems to throw some like magic scepter into a vat. So Rose then, is also magic? No, she's just caught up in the in the mix of it all. Doctor Doctor Who world. And she's very open to it. Like okay. she's uh she's got this funny roommate who's kind of like the bumbling British gal pal. Right. And I guess she's like the comedy relief. And then there's the boyfriend, um, and she's just kind of the rational one in between them. Interesting. And then the doctor enters her life. The interesting thing about this was because <laughs> Doctor Who is now young in the Matt Smith right. version. She seems to kind of have a crush on him, mm. which seems kind of weird. Different. Because he's hundreds of years old. Yeah. We think. Definitely. Um, And he seems to be okay with that. He's kind of like come along with because he's got an ego whatever yeah yeah here's one thing i kind of like about the regeneration of doctor who mm-hmm. it's allowed for different doctors to meet each other matt smith can come back and do an episode as the doctor again because it's a show about time travel right where peter capaldi and matt smith meet each other and they're the same fucking character played by like vastly different actors right and that's happened. I don't know what the, the actors were in that case, but it has happened occasionally nice. in the series. <laughs> occasionally. Like it every so often you'll see yeah. two doctors on the same screen. Right. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. And and it goes a little bit deeper into showing that the doctor is like a genius. Yes. Like he gets on a laptop at one point and kind of hacks into the like uh the world leaders like chat room basically and like has a Skype conversation with them about basically how to stop time right and do these things to kind of defeat the aliens. It was great. Yeah, he's like all knowing. Yeah. He's always the guy who's like, no, we have to do this because this is why. Yeah. And then the other person is the folly. And it seems like in every season there's like a different sidekick. Totally. So the other show we have to do is also about the exploration of different dimensions, but mm-hmm. that's pretty much all it has in common. Yeah, basically. Uh, I guess I'll get the the clock ready. Okay. The show you have to recap the first episode of in 30 seconds. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. Oh, you rewatched it. I watched it tonight. Good, because I kind of otherwise put you in a corner. Yeah, I kind of wasn't sure which episode it was, but watched it again. Okay, Rick and Morty. Did we say that? Yes. Rick and Morty, the pilot episode in three, two, one. Okay, so the show starts. uh, Rick is an old drunk that gets his... Uh, grandson Morty to go in a spaceship he jokes about bombing the earth and Morty thinks he's really going to do it passes out then wakes up then they go on another uh, dimensional travel the next day they get some seeds from this other world meanwhile Morty's like flunking out of school and they're trying to put it uh, the parents are trying to put him into an old folks home Uh, but he uh, realizes that that he's actually making Morty smarter or convinces the parents that he is so yeah that was pretty bad that wasn't bad. You left out the whole uh, subplot with uh, Morty's parents. So so Morty's parents, yeah, I'll explain more now. Okay. So Morty's parents, um, his dad anyway, really wants Rick out of the house because Rick is an old alcoholic genius. Bad influence on Morty. <laughs> yeah. 
and he is because throughout the series you start to learn that Rick is kind of like an interdimensional uh, weapons dealer and oh. like in the first episode you know he's trying to smuggle those seeds out and and he's and, a time lord not unlike the doctor yeah exactly he's yeah. a time time lord and kind of overall like douchebag yes I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they kind of said what if we took a, a drunk Dan Harmon version of Doctor Who mm-hmm. and put him with this kind of lovable sidekick well he's more of a and this is almost too easy but he's more of a drunk version of Doctor Brown from Back to the Future that's right I mean it's clearly a a, a spin on Doc and Marty yes yeah yes and and it it actually is yeah and it's actually based on Who's the co-creator of this show? Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland. It's based on an animated film he made called Doc and Marty, where Marty was spelled with an I. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the voice of uh, Rick is supposed to be Dan Harmon when he's drunk. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's Justin Roiland doing both characters. Doing both characters. Yeah. And it sounds enough like it could have been Dan Harmon doing Rick. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so Rick's an asshole, but he's also a like deep down sad guy. Sure, he doesn't have a lot, and he his whole philosophy on life is that everything's kind of meaningless, mm-hmm. and so what's the point? So there's a lot of YouTube videos about the meaning of Rick and Morty. So there's like really a Tao of Rick and Morty. Like there's definitely, a, there's a philosophy behind definitely. this completely superfluous, ridiculous show. Yes, and and it gets deeper, and and sometimes it gets hilariously dark. Okay. Like, dark to a point where, you know, the last season, you know, I'm not going to give anything away, but it kind of ended with Hurt by Nine Inch Nails playing through kind of a slow scene. In, like, a non-ironic way. In a non-ironic way. What? Yeah. Wow. Yep. It's, uh, it it's definitely goes deeper than that first episode. You know, the first episode is a little ridiculous, but, uh. But you can kind of see the sadness in the first scene when totally when he wants to just blow up the world. Yeah. The funniest thing about the first scene is how he tells Morty that he's going to drop this bomb that he has from the spaceship that he made out of materials just in the garage. Mm-hmm. And Morty's like, no, 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 like you can't do that. And he's like, <laughs> it's fine. We're going to pick up your, your, your girlfriend first, Morty. Like, <laughs> Morty, we're going to do it. And he's like, we're going to pick up Veronica. And he's like, no, no, like, you can't pick up Veronica. Like, she doesn't even know who I am. He's like, Morty, don't worry. Uh, what did he say? He's like, you don't have to worry about me, like, trying to get on Veronica. Like, I'm a good guy. You know, <laughs> the weirdest thing. It's his Nobody grandfather. He's like seven years old. <laughs> there are so many funny things like that it's in the so episode. so true, yeah. And small little things throughout the episode that when, you know, uh, when Morty has the massive seeds shoved up his butt that also make him smarter. Yeah. I think he coughs out this alien while they're running away from the police <laughs> and the alien slow, like very quickly runs with them, grows up, becomes like older frail and just dies. I almost think I find it funnier now talking about it with you. Yeah. Like I think I need to watch it with somebody. When you, man, the more you watch it, the funnier it gets. Yeah. The other funny thing was just shoot the Morty. They're just robots. They're like huge fly people. Yeah. And he shoots one. He's like, the the fly is dying, and he's kind of like, oh, tell my wife and kids that I love them. Yeah. He's like, they're blood. not he's just like, robots. They're not just robots. He's like, that was that's just a saying. I liked uh, the principal answering the phone. This is principal vagina, no yes. relation. Principal <laughs> principal vagina is a is a mainstay throughout <laughs> the series. Uh, yeah, no, I wrote that. Uh, they're not robots. It's a figure of speech, Morty. They're bureaucrats. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that's a great line. Uh, and. 
Yeah, man. There's some episodes that go so deep too. Like there's an episode called Rixty Minutes, okay. which is kind of like uh, Atlanta did a similar thing where it's all just commercials. So they sit down on the couch at the beginning of the show and they, they have like intergalactic cable. Okay. <laughs> Rick hooked up intergalactic cable. Yeah. So then you just turn it on and you basically hear Justin Roiland improvising for like two hours. I heard that there are commercials in the show that he improvises and you yes. can hear him laughing through them. And yeah. Everything. He's like, ah, I'm, I'm answering your eyes, Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I've got too many. Is Atlanta that it's... abstract? Just that one episode okay. is really abstract. But I mean, you know, they had an invisible car in one episode too. Oh, I don't I didn't know that. Oh, That's yeah. crazy. Atlanta? There's there's just one there's one episode where they talk about a rapper having an invisible car and then they go to this club where the rapper is and afterwards they leave and the and the rapper was like clearly very drunk. I think this is how it worked out. And then you just see a bunch of people fly up in the air. Because yeah. the rapper, I guess, got in his car and drove away. That's a really, I think that's like a metaphor. I haven't seen it, but I think that's a metaphor for uh, yes people. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, because it's about somebody who's getting more famous, right? Atlanta. Yeah. So the, as you get more famous, you get more and more people who won't tell you no. Right. Like, like the emperor has new clothes. Like, that's what that show is about. Sure. Like, is, is the invisible car a thing that, of course, doesn't exist, but nobody will tell the rapper no? Uh no, because at the end of the episode, there's actually like a drive-by with this invisible car. Oh, okay, it's so almost better if it's, it's like it's yeah, the emperor's naked. That's but, that's what you think. Yeah, but no, at the end, that like this car actually runs people over. Anyways, yeah, that it's kind never of, mentioned. That kind of torched my metaphor. It, yeah, it, it's like never mentioned again in Atlanta. It was just one of the sillier moments. Uh, Sarah Chalk plays yet another doctor in this. She's a doctor in Scrubs, and she's a doctor in How I Met Your Mother. But she's a horse oh, that's doctor. Sarah Chalk. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's Sarah Chalk and Chris Parnell, they're the parents. I knew Chris Parnell, yeah. So he's in Rick and Morty and Archer. Yes. He's really killing it in voice acting for strange R-rated shows. Definitely. And and there's such a great list of uh of guest stars on the show too, like Kegel Mike and Key Kegel Michael Key Keegan Michael Key. He's in Hamlet with Oscar Isaac. Right on, now? On off Broadway. Oh my god. Isn't that weird? Um, he's in one episode. John Oliver's in an episode. Um, uh, who else is there? Nathan Fielder's in an episode. Like it, the list of, of famous com- comedic actors just goes on and on. Um, but when I said uh, Keegan, Mike and Key, you're having a hard time with Keegan. It's oh Keegan. my God. Keegan, Michael <laughs> Key. When I said his name, it reminded me of, uh, or maybe it's Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele's in the episode. Oh, okay. That's a way easier name. But Keegan Michael Key has this new movie out. Have you heard about this called Get Out? Jordan Peele has a new movie. That's called Jordan Get Peele. Out. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I was going to ask you if you're willing to see this because I, I saw hate... the tr- I saw the trailer. I and... did too. I hate scary movies. Man, it looks like quite a thriller. It's got like 99 percent Rotten Tomatoes. People love it's it. It's Supposed to be amazing. A lot of people are talking about it as like one of the best movies of 2017. Yeah. I saw Chance the Rapper said like I just rented out the entire Chicago theater so, yeah, people, so people can go can for free it. all day. I love Bradley Whitford and I like Allison Williams a lot. Yeah. And I heard uh, Jordan Peele talking about it on Nerdist and it's I'm sure it's really good. I just I can't appreciate it the way a horror film fan would. Did you see uh, like Ex Machina? No, I tr- I wanted to watch it. I think I put it on yeah. and within two minutes or something. I was like, I'm not going to watch this alone. You, oh, yeah. Alone would be a little weird, but but you should watch it. Yeah, yeah no, I, I would like to. But it's it, been out for more than a year. It kind of gave me that kind of thriller vibe about right. it. I'd really okay. like to see it. Okay. 
Yeah, so that's happening. And that's Jordan Peele that did it. Jordan Peele, yeah. Interesting. Jordan Peele isn't the one that's married to Chelsea Peretti. Yes, he is. Okay, that's Jordan Peele. I was yeah. confused. Keegan there. Michael Key is like the taller, kind of handsome one. Right. Who, uh, for some reason, he's in Hamlet now. It's very strange. <laughs> it's very hard to imagine. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a, he's probably a pretty good actor. He's kind of like the black Bill Hader. He's just yeah. like, he's just extremely talented. Definitely. Yeah. What's Bill Hader been up to? I want to see him in something. He, well, is he still on Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No, or he was, was only not on a, for like two episodes. I was kind of led to believe he was going to be on it for a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he still that does that. Hope. He still does that sketch show with Fred Armisen and Seth Meyers. I forget what it's called. Um, oh, right. Uh, it's something like, I forget what it's called, but it, it reminds me of like, a masterpiece theater kind of exactly. style title or something. He's still doing that. I think he's doing like some voice acting stuff probably. Cool. And I don't know. He's probably BB eight again. Yeah. And stuff like that. I, I don't, I don't really worry about Bill Hader, but I would like to see him some more. Yeah, definitely. I like anytime he's interviewed or anything. I always read it. One time we talk a lot about like the, the writing projects that I give myself. Mm-hmm. I've given myself some pretty stupid writing projects. Okay. But bar none the stupidest one i've ever done mm-hmm. was right back to the future four in seven days <laughs> why why seven days i just did and i did it and it was like it made me sick i i took a day off after it really yeah it was crazy because you were trying to work so hard or because it no just because sucked? i was sick at the end of it I, <laughs> I wrote like nine hours a day it was when i was doing morning radio i'd get up at four o'clock in the morning come home at 11 and i'd write until 10 o'clock at night what did you think of y- your finished product it was 120 pages long yeah it's pretty good I'm really kind of, i'm kind of proud of it oh wow yeah it's i mean i, I should say first and foremost i am like like vehemently against them ever rebooting or doing another movie in the back to the future saga. Right. But I just was thinking like what would happen in it if Mm -hmm. it were to be a thing. Right. And so I, I just started writing it and then I immediately got addicted to writing it. And I wrote it in seven days. It took over your life. Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised I didn't like, I, I don't know if I was like, antisocial at work that week or whatever it was a long time ago it was like a year and a half ago but this is like like if we looked back it would be like the one time that you and i argued at work or something (laughs) maybe it might have been like if you asked becky she would say colin was really weird. oh yeah that was that was was back to the future week yeah it was back to the future week and she didn't like have this weird thing where um i'm very superstitious about the thing i'm writing like i'm sixty-two thousand words into a a a novel for teenagers right she does not know what it's about no i won't tell her oh because i have right. this thing where as soon as i tell people what it's about mm-hmm. um you start I, to like devalue it in your yes, mind and i'll discover what's wrong with it right. and I'll, it's just like a superstitious thing sure so for seven weeks she knew i was writing a thing mm-hmm. and probably some part of her was thinking like he's working on like something that he really cares about yeah <laughs> it was like it, i was writing a movie that i actively don't want to exist <laughs> what <laughs> and like well I, I don't understand i don't know what what drew me to do it i don't do that many things like that sure but i had so much free time it's a good it's a good symbol of how much free time i had when i was doing morning radio right um anyway i only bring that up because in any spare time i allowed myself i watched back to the future over and over again throughout that week so that i wouldn't i wouldn't neglect any important nuances in my script Oh my god! And so one thing I noticed that I, I think never... I'm going to need a sick day tomorrow. 
You can read it if you want. One thing I never I never noticed from the films in my 20 years of being a huge fan mm-hmm. was how often they say each other's names. It's there's almost like a comical it's at it, he's it, I I don't know why I never noticed it before, but like if you if you did a control F on the Back to the Future screenplays right. of the word Marty, yeah. It would come up like like 300 times. Every time somebody talks to Marty, they say his name. Really? And it's the same with Doc. I don't know why, but they say each other's names a lot. And clearly, clearly, Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon were aware of that because of how much he says Morty. And then in that final scene, when he's rambling on about how- Rick and and Morty forever. About their adventures. RickandMorty.com. He says Morty Morty. so (laughs) many times. A very long walk for a short drink of water. But that's that's, I I noticed that right away. And And I thought back to when I was writing that script. And did you laugh hysterically at that? Of course. I was like, what a subtlety that no one picks up on. Wow. I didn't I didn't really realize that either, but I love it. Yeah, you'll you'll notice it now. I mean, and maybe they don't hammer on that as much throughout the whole series. Yeah, it's also really easy to write it into the character of Rick because he's a drunk degenerate. He just like talks and rambles and talks and talks and talks really fast. Yeah, you can see him being like that. Yeah, it's hidden a little bit better in Back to the Future. But they say if once you notice it. They say each other's names the thing a that, ridiculous amount. The thing that always stuck out to me about Rick and Morty was it's so close to brick and mortar. You've told me that before. That, that I always wondered if there was something there or if they thought that was just kind of funny. I wonder if you're the only one who's thought of that. I Every time I hear that, not anymore really because it's Rick and Morty. Yeah. I'd always be like brick and mortar, brick and mortar. <laughs> right. No, it never would have occurred to me, but you have said that to me before. Interesting. It's okay. a fair observation. Top of mind for me. Uh, I think that's like mostly what I got. I do know that the theme song video for uh, for Rick and Morty is a parody of the Doctor Who theme song. Whoa, really? And Tin Tin, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that some of the scenes in the opening credits are real and some of them are fake. In... Like some of them are used... Rick and Morty? Yeah. Maybe I need to see it again. Some of them are used throughout the rest of the show. Okay. And some of them are just... I think used for the opening credits. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. I'd have to see it again to confirm or deny. I I do think you should watch more. I would I, like to. It gets funnier. Like I found the second season so funny, and people are are anxiously awaiting the third season. It's only had two seasons. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely watch it then. Yeah, De- you man, you need to. Like, there's stuff that you would. By the time you get to the last episode, you'll definitely move on to the second season. Okay. Um, and and it's so quick. Like they're 20 minute episodes. Well, that's really nice. There aren't enough shows that are 20 minute episodes. Yeah. The only problem is it's hard to access it. Right. Actually, I think you can like stream all of them on Adult Swim now. Like on their website? Adultswim.com. Oh, great. Yeah. That's good to know. Now, I'm not sure if you need a, like an American login in yeah. order to see it, but give yeah. it a shot. I watched Doctor Who on Vimeo today. Oh, did that's you? That's where I found it. It was really easy. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I would recommend watching it. People are waiting for the third season to come out. No one really knows. And the Rick and Morty Twitter account the other day apparently tweeted, man, this is bullshit. When is Fargo season three coming out? <laughs> That's kind of like a nudge to everyone. And like, there's been stuff on Reddit, like new trailer for Rick and Morty season three. And it's just a series of shots that ends up being a Rick roll. Oh, okay. Like with the lyrics. Yeah. Like, What's your take on Dan Harmon? 
Uh, is that guy like a tortured artist or is he just kind of like a schlub who happens to be really good at alternative comedy? I think he's just a little bit of both for yeah. sure. Um, I think he's really funny. I used to think he was definitely a dick. Yeah. But then I listened m- more to his podcast and I think he's actually a way sweeter person than, than you think. I think it's, you have to remember his celebrity, his main celebrity feud was with she- Chevy Chase. Yeah. I mean. Exactly. And then NBC kind of kicked him off the show too, but they did the same thing with Judd Apatow at one point. So. On what? Undeclared. Oh. Well, and Freaks and Geeks. Undeclared got canceled. So no, Freaks well, and Geeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's. Is Community going to come back? Because that hasn't been officially canceled. Oh, really? Or has it? I think it kind of has been. Maybe it has. I don't think I mean, it hasn't been on in probably two years, but I don't I think, think it's going to come back. I think they still hold out for six seasons in a movie. So they've done six seasons, haven't they? Five. Oh. Maybe six. No, five. Did. Yeah, I'm not sure. All I know is that the first two seasons of that show are wonderful, and it was downhill from there. Yeah, I agree. There's some good ones in the season three, in the third season, but it really like and I think, really tried too hard to I be something different. I think I watched through four seasons. Yeah. That's where I ended, but I mean his his online show. Uh, what was it like Dan Harmon? Something about like a time travel, like this machine that brought back people from the past. Oh, okay. So there's an episode with like Hemingway. Oh, you, you talked about this yeah. before. Yeah, and there's an episode with Jack Black playing like Benjamin Franklin or something, <laughs> or Mozart. I forget who it is. Okay, it's great, and those are short episodes, which I'd encourage watching. We done? I think so. Have we have we, we, we over hit now? on everything? Oh yeah. Oh okay, sweet. Uh, I think we hit on everything. I really want to watch that calamity uh, song video. Okay, we're gonna watch the calamity song. All right. In the meantime, don't trust Casey Affleck. Oh, what do you mean? You keep working on that because there's something there. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, or Will Smith, of course. Man. That was my Will Smith. Do it again. Nice. That's really good. (laughs) 